The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show and get ready to rock and roll today. And by the way, we have been rocking and rolling in D.C. because I just came back from the National Epilepsy Walk this past Saturday in Washington, D.C. with TV star Greg Grumberg, NFL stars Alan Fanica, Jason Snelling, Jeff Pope, and the biggest stars of all, of course, all of the people out there with epilepsy, just like me, wearing their purple shirts. Wow. So to all of you listening to the show, thank you. I mean it. Thank you so much. I really can't thank you enough. And when I say get ready to rock and roll, I want to tell you what. We have a superstar guest with us today who is making a difference in America for people with disabilities, with his innovative thinking, leadership. And I can tell you this right now. When I first met him, well, I'd met him once, and then I went back to meet him again, and like I could barely speak because he just blew me away. I remember thinking, what? Where did this guy come from? Why don't we have more like him in America? And his name is Stephen Bennett, who is the president and CEO of United Cerebral Palsy Association, Welcome to the show, Steve. Appreciate it. Well, Steve, before we get started, why don't you tell our guest how you became involved with UCP? Uh, well, I originally became involved uh, back when I was in college many years ago as what was known then as a direct care staff person. Uh, and I work with folks who are coming out of state hospitals in California. And, and that's how you became introduced to UCP? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, UCP, well, uh, you know, changed a lot during the 70s and 80s because uh, it really stepped out uh, in the deinstitutionalization movement and really expanded its boundaries and its definition of who it was. And uh, we were taking a lot of folks straight out of Camarillo and at Lanterman State Hospital back then uh, and creating housing in the community. And uh, I was working nights at co in college, and my job was to uh, take care of folks as uh, they were coming out of the state institutions. Well, I want to tell you, we're also on Twitter and on Facebook. So we're getting questions ongoing since we started the show. So here's the first one from Lindsay in Connecticut. Uh, Mr. Bennett, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I do have a question. Was it hard to make that change in your name? I know you're still United Cerebral Palsy, but you are most known as UCP. Did that cause any consternation or problems with the consumers? 
Yeah, it's a great question because uh, people with, uh, who experience cerebral palsy want to have a place and an organization they can identify with. And at the same time, uh, by far most of the people we serve are not, quote, have cerebral palsy. We serve all kinds of folks with developmental disabilities. And so it's a real issue because our name has such credibility and 72% uh, unassisted name recognition in America is the way the branding people call it, where UCP has very little branding. So in a sense, we co-brand with ourselves. We are both UCP and United Cerebral Palsy. And in some places, in some cases, we simply call ourselves Life Without Limits. So you use all of those names? That's right. Okay. Uh, well, actually, since you brought it up, what is Life Without Limits? What is that? Life Without Limits is the work we do uh, looking into the future and trying to make sure that we get there early rather than late. And so we try to uh, look and say, what are the trends that are going to impact us 10 years from now? What's going to set people free? How are we going to break down the barriers to real inclusion and participation? Uh, and we look at everything from ways of creating communities on the internet uh, to uh, looking at new software and devices and how people are going to use uh, uh, everything from pharmaceuticals to technologies and lightweight infrastructures and organizing in small groups to be change agents and be part of society as it moves forward. So it, it takes us into a whole new place uh, uh, past, uh, uh, you know, what we historically do and do in big numbers in, in the Western world in terms of providing services to kids, uh, accessible, low-cost housing with support and jobs. Um, and how do people find out more about Life Without Limits? Well, they can do a couple of things. They can go online and uh, look up uh, United Cerebral Palsy UCP's website, and that will take you there and give you other information, or you can go directly to lifewithoutlimits.com. Okay, well, during this uh, time, we've been going through this recession, and uh, I know it has hit all not-for-profits and, and private sector, everyone equally hard, but especially not-for-profits. Um, and I'm wondering, uh, Steve, you know, if someone is listening to this show today and they would want to make a contribution to UCP, what is the best way to do that? Probably the easiest thing to do is go to the website and you can make contributions directly online. Uh, and there's just a button to push and that's all you have to do. Um, and have you had a hard time during this time with the with grants and foundations? How have you been dealing with that? Yes. Uh, well, it, for our affiliates who are providing direct services, it's been very difficult because uh, the states have really cut back, and we've really seen a cutback in grants and corporate giving. Uh, individuals are still so generous, and they've really been extraordinarily supportive. Uh, and I think they understand that these human services uh, are not uh, like a, a static building or something, a building fund or a uh, art program. And, and I'm not against uh, you know art museums or anything like that. But when it comes to uh, hands-on care of people in our community and net support networks for families, I think people have really gotten that. Uh, so the affiliates have struggled, but uh, they are survivors. Um, they're extraordinarily dedicated to uh, the families. Um, and, uh, you know, folks with disabilities, um, 
if you live with a disability, you know good and well that you're probably 10 times more resilient than anybody else. You're a survivor or you wouldn't be here, and it's amazing. I don't, I don't worry so much about some of the folks that we serve who have a disability. I often worry more about their families. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, that's, that is a very interesting to hear you say that. Well, we have uh, Mary here from Illinois, and her question is online coming through. Uh, could you tell me for families, parents that have children with multiple disabilities, I am assuming now with the name UCP that if you have UC, if you have cerebral palsy and another disability that you are able to go to one of your chapters. What if you just have autism? Well, um, uh, <laughs> today, of course, we look at the whole spectrum on autism, and it's, it's hard to generalize about it at all. But, but let me say that we do run a number of programs specifically for people with autism uh, across the country. However, uh, I wouldn't say that you know, we're the, the go-to people in every case there by any means. Uh, and so I think it's very important if you're looking for services to know your local network of services, uh, your local um, uh, case manager system for folks with disabilities. It varies state by state. Um, I do think that, you know, depending on where you live in Illinois, we do have some great resources there. If you're in Springfield, we have a great affiliate there. But uh, it's a difficult issue. I'll tell you one way to take a look at it is we have a, a website designed specifically for parents called My Child Without Limits. And on there it talks specifically about autism. And there's links to services and directories there. So it's, it's designed specifically for parents to learn, uh, it's for them to help plan, for help them to find resources, talk to other people. There's a community for parents online there. And so, you know, one way is to go directly to the autism groups and see what they have to say. Go to our site and, and look at the services we provide, and it'll break it down locally where you can find out what's going on there. But it's also great for parents to connect to other parents and to, in a sense, you know, kind of what do you hear, what do you know, what's out there, um, because it's a very difficult process. And if your child is experiencing autism, there's such a range, and it can change on you, uh, that uh, you really need to link into everything. Uh, and we may be one resource, but I would suggest you need much more than just us. All right. Well, you know, when you were talking about life without limits, uh, Steve, do you talk about this at conferences? Do you ever have conferences where you talk about life without limits? All over the world. Uh, All I think, over the uh, world. We did the State DD Councils about two years ago. I spoke at uh, uh, Lutheran Services Mosaic. Uh, I think I've talked to, um, I just got back a couple of months ago from Europe where I did an international conference on the future. Because we're, we're talking about the future. Yes, and that is, in fact, if you're listening to the show today and if you want a fantastic speaker, you've got to get this man, Steve Bennett. And if you have a national conference, I'm already submitted him. I didn't tell him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm already trying to get him at more than one event because how can I explain this to you? What impressed me so much with him is when you go talk to him, 
you're going to have to like realize it's time for this paradigm shift that this isn't going to be your typical service provider talking to you. this that really I'm serious now uh, I guess I refer to him like sort of like the Alvin Toffler of uh, the disability community but I mean really he is thinking of the future he's thinking differently and, and another thing that I noticed that I really liked is that when I talked to him many of the things he talked about he told me how he had made a decision and uh, life without limits had made a decision to listen to listen to the disability community and then have them involved with these strategic decisions and have them go forward with a lot uh, of this versus telling them what to do. And I wonder if you could talk about that for a few minutes, Steve. Oh, yes. Uh, the, the truth is that, you know, we, we can be a very good contractor of, of providers of services as we do for 125,000 clients across America. But the truth is the future is going to be led by small groups of people who self-organize and determine their own future. And part of the whole concept of life without limits is people getting to dream their own future and make it happen themselves without the paternalistic um, organization deciding that we own the agenda, we own the future, and we'll tell you how to live it. And so part of the whole idea is that organizations like ours who have infrastructure, who have some resources, we need to be a player with but not an owner of the community of people with disabilities. So even if you go online, one of the things that we discovered a few years ago and this was, I'm talking four years ago, we, we quit counting when we had found over 5,000 self-formed groups on the Internet of people or families with disabilities. Well, wow. we don't need to create a movement. We, it's not for us to do. It's already out there. If we can provide tools to link folks together, if we can give them more access so that they can plan their own future and create their own future, and if we can be a player with everybody, then that's the way it's going to work. Any, any other scenario is BS and just continues a paradigm that is not going to work in the future. And so we, we've just seen this in so many ways. And so we try now to do our work in a way that um, um, let me give you an example. We're looking at a, a little processor that plugs in with a USB cord into a computer. And we can hook up that processor with a, um, a, a Bluetooth or maybe a Wii wand, hack it a little bit. And we think that in the next few months we can develop a tool for under $100 that somebody who has very limited physical movement uh, can customize this thing for under $100, and they can plug it into any com computer and make it accessible for them to use. Wow. Oh, would that be fantastic. Exactly. And so we, we, we hope to try this in the classrooms, in schools, because one of the things is we, we see, and I'm just, for the moment, I'm just talking about technology and the Internet, but the world is moving so rapidly and the worst thing that could happen is for us to all get left behind again. And, and so where we can stimulate folks, and, and the other thing that if you don't know about it is that at do-it-yourself conferences and makers conferences, this is where people gather in the tens of thousands to talk about what they're making and doing it for themselves. We're, we're trying to help stimulate an infiltration of these meetings by people who have a disability who are dreaming their own future, creating their own stuff, hacking their own stuff, 
making the world the way it should be. And I, and I know one of our, our um, we're starting to develop in-house our own developers and programmers, and we've been hiring folks who experience a disability, and they have a different sensitivity about it that we have to have uh, to make it work. I know if you're listening, aren't you saying, wow, see, I told you it was a different way of thinking. But you know that one statement that Steve made, if the thing is we don't want to be left behind, all of us left behind again, oh, I mean, that is so profound. But sadly, that is so true, and that it would be easy for that to happen. Now, th this whole concept and everything you're doing, um, you know, is, are you trying to get this integrated nationally into the disability community, or how, how are you handling that? Yes, it's interesting. I mean, part of, part of our learning curve, and, and we're still on it, we, we've still done, done some pretty dumb things, uh, but in our learning curve, uh, part of uh, what we study is adaption of technology and adaption of how to get the disability community uh, involved and engaged in the right way. And it's, it's, once again, not for us to be the paternalist to say, oh, our life without limits is the only way to go, and what we're saying is the only way to be in the future. We're really not trying to own it. We're trying to observe it and listen to it and see where it's going. And one of the things we know about adaption is, is that we could spend a fortune and a lot of time trying to get others to join us. And so we don't really try so much. What we really try to do is do cool stuff that people recognize and want to be a part of and let those who want to play come play. And we have certain rules of engagement. We never do anything by ourselves. We always do it as a joint with somebody, anybody we can find just about. We also do everything what is known as open source. And it's both as a philosophical approach as well as owning content and intellectual pro property. If we develop anything, if we have anything, you're welcome to it. And you want to mess with it, you want to rewrite it, you want to recode it, or you want to just take a document and use it, uh, for gosh sakes, do so. Uh, we have uh, recently done a, um, a campaign called Don't Block My Vote, and we got about 15,000 people to get very active in monitoring um, um, uh, ballot boxes, and we did that with um, um, uh, uh, AAPD, American Association of People with Disabilities. Uh, then we did a campaign called Who Will Care?, it's about how we treat direct care staff and how we pay them and train them and appreciate them. Uh, and then we did a, a futurist uh, kind of dream project where we dreamed the future of caregiving in America and caring about each other in America called Ruby's Bequest. And then we did another one recently that was a, um, a think tank we used to look at what technology is going to help us live in the community independently safer longer that's that's worth the money and all of this is on our website you can go get it you can go take it you can give it away anything you want to do and as we develop software uh, we give it away and that's with you can look at ucp.org or lifewithoutlimits.org and it's all there for you and take it steal it use it I don't care what you do with it so it's, it's, it's not that we're necessarily evangelists, is that we just want to be a proactive partner and anybody can have anything we do. See, I know that if you're listening right now, see what I mean about him? See, because am I not accustomed more to, sadly, 
sadly, there are people that are in the disability world, and it's more like, don't take my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. Stay away from my stuff. This is the right way. This is the way it should be, the way Steve Bennett is talking. I know if you're listening, you're probably saying, what? He doesn't care about that? Yes, yeah, that's what happens when you're not only small vision, territorial, worried about all of that. I mean, I, I just think this is so awesome. And, Steve, any of our listeners, if somehow they want to help you or get involved with Life Without Limits, what could they do to help you? I, I, it's, it's, you know, through our connectivity, it's nearly all through our website. And uh, it would really be uh, lifewithoutlimits.org or ucp.org is the way to go, and then you find stuff. We're, we're in the middle of really updating all of those sites, by the way, and taking them to a new level. Uh, and it, interesting, uh, uh, Joyce, um, we, have, we have found that the that that. 17% of everybody who comes to our website, and we get about 1,000 new people every day on our website, 17% go to the employment section. And oh. the employment section on our website is, is really quite a dog. It's not very good. And uh, we've been talking about what to do with it, and we're trying to figure out, are people coming because they want a job with UCP, or is it people with disability who are looking for jobs, or what it is. And, of course, we look at Jans and some of these other great places that we have for people to look at jobs and learn about employment. But we think we don't know. And we don't think anybody knows. We think we all sit around and assume and decide for others how, how it should be done or what goes on. And so we're looking at taking that part of our website and basically turning it into a blog and a comment space and trying to get a discussion going for about six months and see if we can really listen much harder and understand better what people are saying out there, whether it's them wanting to get jobs uh, and they have a disability, wanting to work in the field of disabilities, what's keeping them from doing it, how frustrated they may be, how these other sites may be working for them or not working for them, uh, and, and really see if we can get some conversations going where we can be an active listener. Uh, oh, and so, fantastic. you know, that, that's kind of, some of it is about telling us what you think and dreaming it up yourself and, uh, you know, seeing how you can leverage what we're doing. Yeah, and I think another thing you could do, if you're listening right now to Steve Bennett, CEO of UCP, Life Without Limits, United Cerebral Palsy, you know what you could do is you could tell others about this, about the site, about Life Without Limits, because the more people that know about this, the more excited people are going to be. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of families out there that, you know, have children with disabilities or a brother or a sister who would be very excited about what they're doing at UCP. And I would really encourage you to spread the news, tell other people, get them involved, because that's how we're going to change things. Remember, as, as he said, it's not that they're saying we want to change things. It's they're saying, we want to listen to you so they can sort of just be the guide the way. But people need to know what they're doing, which I think is fantastic. So we're going to get ready to go to break for a minute. But if you just joined us, I'm sure your head's spinning because what can I say? Innovation at its finest. Steve Bennett, the CEO of UCP. Life Without Limits, United Cerebral Palsy. 
my friend, a champion in America, someone you need to listen to. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Steve. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Ali Owens, for Gas and Go with Alio Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. Hey, if you just joined us, we have is our guest today, the president and CEO of United Cerebral Palsy Association, UCP, Life Without Limits, Mr. Stephen Bennett. And if you've been listening, oh, I know you're just saying, wow, where did this guy come from? How refreshing and innovative to talk to someone like him. I promise you, when he's on the air, you'll never be bored. Let me tell you that right now. So, Steve, speaking of UCP, what would you say are some of your top issues for 2010 that you'll be dealing with? Well, I think one of it is what's happening in the states and the way states use waivers to uh, get money behind 
folks who uh, are trying to live successfully in the community. Uh, I think we've got a huge challenge coming up with the health reform bill, which we're hugely in favor of because of doing away with pre-existing conditions and uh, caps and just things that we never dreamed of uh, happening for folks with disabilities, the CLASS Act, but there's going to be a lot of work to do on those things. So there's a lot of public policy advocacy work that we do, and as you know, we're one of the few organizations that do the whole gamut when it comes to disability advocacy. Uh, and so that, that's a huge issue for us. Um, continuing to work uh, in, into the future and looking at how technology and online systems can support families and people with disabilities discovering and dreaming their own future. And, and the other issue for us is that, as most people know, we're a very uh, large system of providers across the Western world. We have 95 affiliates in uh, the United States. We're in Canada, Australia, Europe. And the government funding has been cut back and cut back, and they cut hours of attendant care. It just, it's, it's a very difficult. And so one of our real concerns is to really build the business acumen of our uh, provider networks so that we're smarter in the way we use capital, we're better in the way we train our staff, that we know the best practices. Uh, we've started a couple of big projects on trying to measure outcome. And it's, it's uh, really interesting because we compare that to for-profit models that are trying to figure out, you know, how many mashed potatoes they can serve for how many cents. And our folks tend to want to measure by if a person's been supported and, and given service by United Cerebral Palsy when they're adults, how independent are they and how many good friends do they have? And so uh, trying to figure out how to balance good measurement so that we know that what we're doing is effective and knowing how to manage our capital well and provide better service for less cost all the time is probably one of the biggest challenges facing us that we're very excited about. Yes, and you know what? How how did how will you be educating people across the United States from your various chapters about health care reform? Well, it's I mean one of the big issues for us is of course to build bipartisan support in understanding the parts of health care reform that are so important for people with disabilities. Uh, and uh, from the very beginning, we've been very candid uh, with all of our constituents about uh, the importance of some of these policies for people with disabilities. We don't just say, oh, you know, we love the whole package, because it's, it's not all perfect, and in many cases it didn't go near far enough for us. Uh, we're concerned about issues for uh, provider organizations and services that there's an unfunded mandate in terms of requiring uh, us to pay for insurance for our employees and not being reimbursed by the states uh, to provide that. And so, in a sense, it's another cut in funding. So that, that's our really only problem with it. But I know uh, coming up to the vote, uh, we sent out over 47,000 emails to what we considered key advocates across the United States. We have a very active e-advocate system uh, that we do get response from, and we built it over the last few years. And so um, we have a number of blogs we face the public in numerous ways, under numerous uh, names. Uh, we have uh, folks organized in different states, and we have a way of communicating with them. And so 
uh, really the important piece, as you know, Joyce, is to get folks in local communities talking to their local congressmen and senators about what's important to them and why this is so important for people with disabilities. And yes. boy, it's going to make a lot of difference for a lot of families in a good oh, it, way. It is. It really is. Um, and so many things are happening. It really is, as you said, very exciting times. I know that the Obama administration is very focused on many issues for people with disabilities, including, uh, you know, employment. But this one health care reform certainly impacted people with epilepsy and people with UCP, real, any, any pre-existing condition. Yeah, it's huge um, for us. That, that too uh, was such a big next, deal. Uh, starting on um, um, April 12th, we do our annual disability policy seminar, which we do jointly with six other organizations, uh, produce it along with the ARC. And it is one of the more definitive uh, meetings in the U.S. on current policy on disabilities. Um, and we, it lasts for two and a half days, includes Hills visits, and we'll have uh, five, six hundred people come who are disability advocacy leaders throughout the United States. That will be a big uh, piece for us. And if you have listeners who want to attend that conference, it's open to everybody. Uh, and it's uh, disabilitypolicyseminar.org. April 12th through 14th here in Washington, D.C., and it's pretty definitive. It, it really brings everybody up to date. I know we, uh, we finished editing 11 uh, policy papers this morning in preparation for it, uh, and we will have the latest and the greatest. We will also train people how to go back home and be advocates. Wow, that is disability policy seminar.org. Seminar yes. Okay. DisabilityPolicySeminar.org. Let me just mention this to all of my young new advocates across the United States. This would be a great seminar, conference to get involved with. And since it's a national event, our yes. youth councils, we should, really, we should really follow up on that. I think that is fantastic. There, there are two other um, groups that are kind of self-forming. Uh, that we've been very active in kind of along the lines of we don't have to own it, uh, we just want to make it happen. Uh, uh, and one of them is called the Alliance for Full Participation. And you can go online to that website as well. Uh, and there are state chapters. They're having big conversations uh, with uh, grassroots advocates about jobs, jobs, jobs. And in 2011, we're having a national conference here in Washington, D.C. We did the first one three and a half years ago. We were expecting about six, 700 people, and 2,200 people showed up. Oh, my goodness. And wow. our biggest problem was the fire marshal saying we couldn't have that many wheelchairs in a room. Wow. I've never seen so many people with disabilities in Washington, D.C. at once and so many wheelchairs. I mean, ADAPT does a great job with theirs. Nickel, uh, independent living centers do a great job with their conference, which is just coming up in a few months with the ADA. But uh, Alliance for Full Participation is kind of not owned by anybody, and it is one of the greatest 
excuses to come to Washington and meet new buddies and become and. You know, I, I remember when I was young, I would go to stuff like this, and I would come home just raging to be a freedom fighter and feeling like, I, you know, I owned my portfolio and I could make things happen. And this is really what the Alliance for Full Participation is about. And another one that I know you're very uh, active and supportive of that I think is also very cool that's much more political is uh, Disability Power and Pride. Yes, which right. I think is so cool and has so much potential for membership, uh, for people to get involved. And because you know, when you're you're, all of us are whole people. It's not like we're only interested in one thing in life. We're interested in having a good meal. We're interested in being treated with respect. I like to make a little money, have a job, paycheck. It's wonderful. Everybody wants to do that. And, and there's folks, and so many of the kids that we talk to today and, and try to, you know, get involved say to us, yes, I have a disability, but I, that's not my career. Uh, I have a life. I want to be a realtor or I want to be an attorney. I don't want to be a disabled person. You know, that's not my life. I, I just happen to have a disability. But, but we find also that people then want to, uh, in, their, in their personal life, in a sense, feel like they're part of positive change. And it's particularly true of kids. And I mean kids, anybody under 50 in my case. But, no, uh, you know, 22-year-olds uh, are very proactive and want to change the world. And I love them. And I think that, that something like disability power and pride is not about uh, you having a career in disabilities. Disability power and pride is, means you may get involved and create fundraisers for folks who have a disability. I have a, um, Joyce, I'm going to take advantage of your forum here for just a second. I have a real view on, on uh, politics and disabilities. I don't, I don't think we have champions the way we used to. And I think we should quit depending on other folks to be our champions. We need to be our own champions. And, uh, you know, we've looked at uh, the women's movement, and they created their own Emily's List. And they weren't biased about it, but they supported women to be in office, political office. The gay and lesbian community did that with what they call the Victory Fund. And they don't, they just raise money for people who are out. And they have a school to train people to run for candidacy. And they bundle checks. They do that in the women's community. They do it in the black community. They do it in the Latino community. Well, I, it's time we did it in the disability community. And I, disability power and pride may be one of the vehicles to do that, but we need to get people running for office who are out about their disability. You know what I'm saying? I am with you 100%. We need to recruit young folks and potential candidates. We need to train those candidates. We need to back them from the beginning, and we need to bundle checks for them like crazy. I agree with you 100%. Everywhere. Yeah, because it can't be that we wait for other people, as you said. When I go speak now at different events, I tell people, remember, remember that famous Gandhi, you know, be the change, you be the change. Listen, we've got to change the way we think. It can't be that we're waiting for some whomever to come through the door and save us and get us that employment and get us that quality of life. It is not going to happen. We have to do it. And it's not going to happen if we're just waiting on all these other people. Please take an interest in us. Please, when you're running for office, think about us. We need to be that person. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. 
And, and, and I just hope that we can get things. more young people. We care people. about people with disabilities, you know, yes. let's watch out for them, uh, yes. you know, and we're trusting them to be in that room advocating. No, no, people with disabilities have to be at that table. It changes Amen. the conversation that is right. entirely. You're right. And that, that's that the is reason so we true. left Tony Quello. That's right. That's our, who we have. That was it. Tony Quello is our man. And Senator Harkin has been helping us. And now, you know, we had, um, have had Langevin and a few others, but right. not enough. We need to have people like Tom Harkin helped us because his brother is dead. Yeah, and we love Tom Harkin. And we do love him. Yeah, uh, but, but we, we need, need people to get as more mayor. people in there. That, that we need people on city councils. We need people on school boards. My God, can you imagine how different our school system would be, for particularly in special ed, if we had people on school boards who had disabilities? Oh, hey, what do I always say? If you were on the two of us, Steve, if we were on the board of directors of a for-profit company in private sector. Don't you think there'd probably be a difference in the way they recruit people with, for employment and the way they look at how they're going to include all people with disabilities and quality of life? Can you imagine how different it would be? Yes. It would be huge. As a matter of fact, I know a group of people interested in getting people like Steve Bennett and making sure they get those people on those for-profit boards, and that is a and that is another thing that I am behind, 100%. But right now, hey, we've got to go to break before we close the show. I told you this man's a fireball. He is a fireball, and we will be right back with him. Hey, if you just joined us, you tell all of your friends. Go back to Voice America. Go back to BenderConsult.com because this show is archived, as all the other shows have been for the past six years, and tell them about this show with Steve Bennett and Life Without Limits. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll be right back with Steve Bennett. Don't go away. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. If you're a parent, you face all kinds of challenges. You know you're a good parent, but we have a show that may help you become a better one. It's called the Book of Dad Radio Show, hosted by expert husband and wife team Robert and Ulette Benson. This program will answer your questions about a variety of topics that parents need to stay on top of. It's a roundtable of discussion that's great for the weekend or anytime. Tune in to the Book of Dad Radio Show every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and you know what a great show we've had today. You know, when I have Steve Bennett, I'm talking to him, it seems like five minutes. It does. I mean, he is just so phenomenal, and I hope all of you will take time to go to Life Without Limits, to go to UCP on the website, and really read about what he's doing and this organization, because I think it's just fantastic. I know we don't have um, a long time because, of course, you're so exciting that there we go. But I wanted to ask you about a couple of things. One is the case for inclusion report uh, that you have on your website, Steve. Yeah. What were some of the key issues that, that you discovered from that? Well, and by the way, the new one will be out on April 13th for this next year. I think one of the things is, first of all, we were trying to set a, a benchmark for measuring how well uh, Medicaid waivers worked in states and how smart they were in doing them. And so we, we compiled a bunch of criteria uh, working with others and now have tested against it for four years. So it's now starting to really show some results. And it gives states letter grades. A through F, and wow. we dunk a number of states who just, uh, you know, in our view, take the money and run with it and don't do anything. Uh, but what we do see is that there are a handful of states that are really, really smart about the way they use Medicaid waiver money to help people live independently in the community and be successful in the community. And it is very difficult for us, and we learn how certain states will push people into institutionalized settings or spend much more money if the feds pay for all of it and required by the feds than if it's something that uh, um, they get to choose. Clearly, we've seen that some of the very smaller states, uh, the Vermonts, the New Hampshires, they have quite a bit of um, more flexibility in that they're small, just the, the, the size of it, where if you go to California, you've got a situation where you've got a regional center system that's very effective locally, but gives you another level of overhead between the state and uh, services and support for people. And then you go to New York, which has so many layers of packaged funding that you don't know where the money's coming from nor where the money's going. And so we, we learn a lot about that, but we have learned that states who consistently support people to live independently in the community get more for their money year after year. It's good ROI. It's good return on investment. 
to get people out of institutions and consistently support networks that give people support in their homes, uh, uh, help people live independently, help people live and use generic services as opposed to specialized and separate services. I've gone a little long there, but, but that's what no, we No, because I, I think it's so important. I really do. I think it's important to, for that to happen. And I wanted to mention again your new report. When is it coming out again? April 13th, uh, we'll be doing press conferences and releasing uh, the case for inclusion, which will be its fourth or fifth year. Okay, and they will be able to see that on your website, right? Absolutely, and okay. they can download it. We don't print much anymore. Okay, yeah, good. no surprise. <laughs> We don't want to be wasting uh, donors' money on printing stuff that sits around in boxes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did you all hear that out there at every other not-for-profit? Because I know I believe in that also. Yeah. Hey, Steve, what, what would you say this past year that you considered your greatest accomplishment at UCP? Probably the work we've done in uh, keeping our level of services up with budget cuts throughout the country. Uh, I don't think we have closed, and we may have closed two or three programs out of uh, thousands, but literally uh, we've actually grown services in America this year, and particularly things like reverse integration preschools that are designed for all kids that include kids with disabilities. Uh, our, um, um, our programs uh, on jobs uh, where we have placed people, I, I, you know, I could go on with this, but it's just in a year where things have been so difficult, we've opened up new housing, uh, we've provided more child care, and overall that's what so much of what we're about. Uh, and, and I think our progress in looking into the future. Uh, and trying to be realistic and honest with ourselves and what our role can and cannot be as UCP United Cerebral Palsy. Yes, and I uh, commend you that you have been so successful during this time because I always say this says something about the organization, so that, that truly, truly is a great accomplishment. Um, you know, at our national walk, I had Tony Quello up on stage with me because this year is the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and yet, as you know, we are still way, 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 way behind there. I just wonder what your thoughts were about that, Steve. Well, we're behind all over the world, of course, and, and in so many cases, the United States has provided a leadership, but the ADA is a civil rights bill that's a benchmark for us and, and something that I never want to uh, discount, uh, but we're not even close. I mean, we still have over 70% of people with disabilities who don't have jobs. We still have people living in nursing homes who have no business in a nursing home. Uh, we have some state, state governments who are thinking about building group homes on the grounds of state hospitals for people with disabilities to live in. I, I mean, I am, I am heartbroken at some of the stuff I see uh, and some of the things I see in public school. I, I'm, I'm most concerned about things like kids who have gone to school and at 22 it's all over and there's yeah. no jobs and they're just yeah. dropped on the couch at home. Yeah. That that's just tears me it's, up. It's done. Uh, it We're is done with not right. And the, and the other thing that's very fascinating that I think is going to be a huge impact is us boomers. Whether we have a disability or not, we're living. 
and we're in better shape than our parents were at this age, and we're going to live for a while, and we're going to pile on disabilities. And I say, world, watch out, because we don't leave anything unchanged. Yeah, I think it's right. a huge opportunity yeah, going forward, and I think the number of people who experience yeah. a disability, whether labeled so or not, is going to explode. And we're going to demand services, we're going to demand technology, we're going to demand all kinds of things, and the market for it is going to grow so much that we're going to see things produced, created, dreamed up that we don't even dream today for people with disabilities to use. And I think in some ways it can be a magic carpet for us. Yeah, and you know, I agree with you, but you know, when you were speaking before, it is appalling to me that, that you know, we are so far behind on some of these things. Right. It just really is, but, but then again, also remember what you said about how we need these young leaders and people to get into politics. See, this is the whole thing. We can't wait for other people to do all these things. Right. We have to take action, just as you said earlier. Yeah. Well, Steve, tell me, if you had to leave all of our listeners uh, listening to you today with a message, what would it be? Don't be afraid. Dream your dreams, and you take responsibility to make them happen. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. Oh, so true. Don't be a victim. Steve Bennett is the CEO and President of United Cerebral Palsy, UCP, Life Without Limits. And if you don't know him, you will know him. I'm telling you, he is a mover. He makes it happen. He's innovative. He cares about people with disabilities. If you go to his website at ucp.org, you can make a contribution. If you are a person with a disability listening to the show, tell everyone you know. Tell them about what they're doing there. This is really innovative. You need to tell everyone. And, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Joyce, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure, and I wish uh, many of you a blessed Passover. And for this holiday coming up, a happy Easter. And may I say that we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or someone in the disability community. Today it is Franklin Delano Roosevelt who said, we know that equality of individual ability has never existed and never will, but we do insist that equality of opportunity still must be sought. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters every day. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.